0: Amen. I hope that time of worship really encouraged you. We've been looking the last few weeks about different core values and vision that we need to have as individuals and as a church. And this week I want to talk to you about being a church in the community. We need to be a church that's actually in the community. So I want us to look at that and what does that mean? Because we're all called to go to the nations. That's what the Bible very clearly says. The Bible very clearly teaches us. It's part of the central calling to anybody who actually has faith in Jesus. Anybody who believes in this message. We're called, as it says in Romans 10, to go out. You know what? And if people can then hear the message, but people won't hear it if people don't go and share it. So whenever we go out, we are called to go to wherever people are and to share this message of hope. If they're on the doorstep, if they're in our town, if they're in our county, if they're in our country, and then even if they're in the world, and even if they're not even on the world, they need to know this message of hope. You know what? If they're in the middle of a jungle in Africa, we need to tell them, as much as they're on the doorstep of our church See, everywhere in the world, people need to know the message of hope that we have. And we've got the privilege of going and sharing this. What does the Bible teach us? Freely we receive, so freely we need to give. We can't hold on to this message. We can't hide it away. So I want this message of hope to rise up in you and start speaking out in you. Let's look at part of what the Bible says about this. In James 2, You can turn to it in your Bibles if you want. James 2 from verse 14. We're going to read to the end of the chapter. It says this. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds." You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, Was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. See, there's a direct correlation between the faith that you have and how you live your life. Another way it's put in the Bible is by your fruit you'll be known. So, what if people actually done a survey of our life? The people that we've spoke to in the last year, what if we had a questionnaire that they had to answer about how we've lived our lives? What sort of reflection would that give on your life? What sort of ethos would that give on your life? What would the people say about you and about what you've done or maybe even not done? Would the results kind of be scary as to how some people might actually speak? And speak up about you what's your life reflecting what fruit is your life bearing you see every day is an opportunity for us to show the love of God to people to everyone and do we let the light of God shine in us and then shine through us or do we end up hiding it squirreling it away See, the world is full of people who actually do believe in God, who actually do believe that there is a higher power, that there is a creator who created things. Are you just one of those people? The world's full of people who claim to be Christians, who claim to know God, who claim to know Jesus, who claim to know this, but in essence, their lifestyle does not reflect it. See, Having faith is useless if it doesn't transform who you are, if it doesn't change who you are. And we all know people who live by the principle, do as I say, not as I do. And in essence, we never really have any time or respect for that sort of person, do we? See, you can't just live your own way. You can't just do things whatever way you want and think that it's okay. Okay. If You live all week, and then every time you're either in around Christians or in a Christian thing, and then you just or you go to church and then you act a different way. You know what? It's it's being very two-faced, isn't it? And we're gonna spot people like that, and that we end up having total disregard for anything that they want to say. See, the Bible is very clear with us, and the Bible wants it to be very clear. That you know what, even demons believe in God. They believe that there is a God, but does that affect the way they do what they do? No. They still do what they do. They still, they don't change what they believe in. They believe in God, but they don't actually let God's principles influence their life, influence what they do. So you know what? You could easily say that you believe in God, but it will have no impact through the rest of your life. It'll have no impact in who you are and what you do. So my question is, not only who is your faith in, but how is that being reflected in your life? How are you showing others what you believe in and who you believe in and why you believe in it? Because it has to be more than just a statement of faith. It has to be more than just a declaration because it transforms who we are. And we can't use that old excuse, I'm not as bad as I once was. I'm not as bad as I used to be. That's just a cop-out. That's just something that we just, you know, We don't, you know, we can't regard. It's actually one of the silliest things that we can ever think or say is, oh, I'm not as bad as I once was. Because in essence, if we fall short by an inch or a mile, it doesn't matter. We still need God's grace. We all need God's mercy. And it's actually quite black and white. We're either going to live for God or we're going to live for ourselves. We're going to be full of his righteousness or we're going to be self-righteous. It's very simple and very black and white. And it's a hard message for us to hear. And the thing is, in this season that we're in, we're in a season where faith and, um, and belief and uh, deeds even that we can do, it's all being shaken. Our whole self is being tested in this time. And we can even feel like we're going through a bit of a barren desert season, especially because of the, the lockdowns and the isolation and the loneliness and all the things that surrounds us. Well, the thing is, people want God. Sorry, God wants people who are devoted to Him. He doesn't want some wishy-washy people who claim to be a Christian and they bear some sort of form of religion that bears the name of Jesus, but there's no reflection on who Jesus actually is and what Jesus actually did. See, we need to let our deeds reflect our faith, and not think that by just doing good things, that things are going to be okay. Yes, it's good to do good things. We need to do that from the place of belief and the place of faith. We don't just do it because it's the right thing to do. We don't just do it because it's a nice thing to do. We do it because we're being transformed and we let that transformation reflect out to the world. We're constantly supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And you see, God is doing a work in you. He's calling you by name and he's calling you deeper into him. He's calling me deeper into him. He's asking you and me to believe in what he says, to obey the things that he has asked us to do. He's asked us to be totally abandoned in his presence, to just be who he made us to be, to come in and stop holding on to the past, stop holding on to the things that we used to do, the things that um, we've done for many, many years. He says, stop all of that and just come in and be Be still and know that he is God. Will you be still today and know that God is God? And then as he transforms you, then go out and reflect that to the world. Or are we holding on to things that make us happy? Are we holding on to things that we deem too precious to be let go of? Are you willing to let go and sacrifice everything to see more of God, to see more of God not only in your life but in the life of those around you? Are you living to please others? Or are you living to please God? Are we willing to forget everything and seek God? See, God can't work in you if you don't allow him to. God can't work in you if you don't give him permission to come in and speak. And that's something we always need to do. What does it teach us in Revelation? There's a a passage that says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody opens their door, opens the door of their heart, he'll come in and he'll eat with us. And that's for Christians as well as non-Christians. If you believe in God or you don't believe in God, it's all up to us to open the doors of our heart and let him in. The door handles on the inside and only us, only we can open it. So will you open up the heart door? Will you open up and let God come in and impact you and then through you impact the world Will you be who he designed and created you to be as he called you uh, into being in your mother's womb? See, some of you are called to, to be evangelists, but you've never opened your mouth and shared the message of Jesus. You've let fear or you've let anything else work its way in and stop you sharing this message of hope. Some of you are called to start up ministries that will save women from domestic abuse, but you're too afraid to step out in faith. Some of you are afraid to mentor those around you because of mistakes you've made in your past. See, we're called to go out into the world. We're called to be a light in the world. We used to sing back in the day, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And the thing is, the truth is, a lot of us hide under bushes. We hide it away. We, We put stuff over it. We try and swamp who we are because we're afraid of becoming who we're meant to be. And we let other stuff do that. But God's calling us out and God's calling us into a season where we need to stand and declare him. We need to stand and declare him as God. And we need to be in his presence and live in his presence. And we need to live every moment of every day, knowing that God is journeying with us. God knew what he was doing when he formed us in our mother's womb. And that's why as a church, we do food bank because we actually give people food that are hungry. We don't just open our doors and let people come in and have a nice conversation and say, oh, I hope you you eat well, I hope you sleep well. We actually give them food because that is what we want to do. We want to look after the hungry. How many people in your life have needs? And I'm not just talking about food. I'm not just talking even about physical needs. Some people have spiritual needs and mental needs and, and other needs. And how many times have we just went, oh, well, I hope you get okay with that. I hope you survive with that. See, that's why as a church, we're meant to respond to the needs of humanity around us. We don't just wish people well. We actually want to be a response to the needs all around us. So what needs are around you? What needs can you meet? What needs can we as a collective church even meet as well? Because it's not just an individual thing. It's a corporate thing that we all can do. We only have schools because the church cared enough to start to try and teach people. We only have the NHS because the church started to try and care for those people who were sick. A lot of good things that we have, a lot of the needs around us that we have need to be responded to by the church again. Government has tried to run it, councils have tried to run it, things have tried to happen and it's just been dismantled and it's just fallen away. Look at our youth services, if you don't believe us. In the in the 70s, 80s, 90s, the church was the prominent giver of youth services. And then the government said, oh, that's a good idea. Let's fund that. They funded it. And now they don't have the money to run it anymore. And they're going to be turning back to the church and asking us to do more. You know what? This is the thing. We as the church need to respond to the needs around us. I can honestly say that there's so many of our friends and family at the minute that just need someone to care, that need someone to engage with them, that need someone to talk to them. So I need you and you need me to be that person that picks up the phone when God prompts us, to pick up, uh, to arrange a Zoom meeting, to to do anything, to speak over the fence, to just respond to the needs around us. We need to speak to the people around us and, and tell them that their existence is valid. That they weren't a mistake, that they, weren't, um, they, they were created for a purpose and a reason. We need to be that person that speaks to them and encourages them and tells them that God had a plan for their life and that God has a plan and has plans for them that He wants to do in them. You know what? There's so many people right now who need to know that, who need to know that they're not an accident, that they're not a mistake. You know what, there's so many people right now who feel lonely and isolated, feel alone. And we need to show them the love of Jesus. And we need to show them that Jesus wants them to know that he's journeying with them, that they're not on their own. But the thing is, if we don't open up our mouth and share with our community this hope and this love of Jesus, they're going to be deaf and not be able to hear. Are you willing to pray with the person that needs the healing? Are you willing to uh, meet a need of someone that you meet in the street that you know you can meet their needs? You know, we've we've been commanded freely, you received this, so freely give it away. Everything that we've been given, we've been given by God and we need to give it back to God. And if he chooses to remove it from our hand and give it to someone else, we need to willingly offer it. How do I know this? Well, if we look at the two figures of faith that are mentioned in this passage, you know that. Abraham was a man who wanted to serve God. He wanted to honor God. And God said, pack up your bags and go. So he did. He followed God and God led him and his wife and, and a collection to a different land where God had promised him he was going to give it. You know, God asked him to give up the most precious thing in his life. The son, the son that was promised to him, the son that was given to him as a promise and as a, uh, as a, as a fulfillment of that So that God will just um, make him into a mighty nation. And God said to him, will you give him back to me? God said to him, will you sacrifice him? Will you lay down his life because I've asked you to? And Abraham did it. And you know what? Just before Abraham, with complete faith, drove the knife into Isaac. That's when God stepped in and said, now I know you really trust me. And the thing is, God asks us to do the same in our life. He's saying, are you putting anything before me? Are you putting anything in the way? Are you putting anything before what I've asked you to do? Do we have that same faith where we're willing to give up everything and anything to serve God and honor God? If God asked you to give up anything in your life, whatever it was, would you willingly do it? This is what we need to come to God with open hands so that he can remove anything from our hands that he chooses to. And then we also look at Rahab. And Rahab, she chose to put her own safety on the line. She chose to be willing to actually give up her life because if she had been found harboring these spies that were um, seeking out the land and seeking through the land, she would have been killed. But she was willing to sacrifice her life and to actually give up that for these men, for the men of God who was coming to seek out the land, to actually say what the land was like. And she risked everything, her own security and her own safety, to actually protect others. And we're meant to be the same with our life. We're we're meant to be willing to give up our nice, comfortable, easy lives, to go and do whatever God tells us, wherever he tells us. We're meant to carry the message of Jesus with us like a fire in our heart. See, we live our lives as a reflection of who God is. Jesus asked us a simple question, just like he did with Peter. Whenever Peter had denied Jesus, whenever Peter had said, even with cursing, I don't know the man, Jesus then met up with him and said, do you love me? And he said, yes, I do. He said, okay, feed my lambs. And then he asked him again, do you love me, Peter? And he says, yeah, then take care of my sheep. And then he said this. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. And when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. In the same way God comes to us right now and he says, follow me follow me. Do you love me? And follow me. Do you love me? Look after the people around you. Give them food. Give them what they need. We are the response to the world, to the world that's crying out in love, to the world, or for love, sorry, not in love. But we need to be that response of love. We need to be that response of who is God, what is God like, We come in as a reflection of that and we show people the love of God. We show people that they have a purpose and a reason. We show people that they are accepted in God's presence. Not because of anything that they've done but because God's provided that way. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. That's how we come to God the Father. That's how we come into God's presence through the sacrifice that Jesus made. That's why we lift our hands in praise. That's why we thank him for what he's done in our life. That's why we do what we do as church. That's why we serve our community in love. For those of you who right now, who know you haven't been walking the way you should, who know that you haven't been feeding those around you because you yourself have been in a broken place, Just allow God to come in right now and restore you. Allow God to come in and restore the broken parts of you. For those of you who have thought, I'm not as bad as I used to be. Just simply come to God now and say, God, I want more of you. I want more of you. I want you to transform my life. Don't be happy and don't be satisfied for not being as bad as you once were. But seek after him with all of your heart. Seek after him with everything. Long to be in his presence. Be hungry for him. Because what does the Bible teach us? Hungry we come to him because we know he satisfies. We know he is what we need. So come into God's presence today. Seek after him. Don't be satisfied and don't be be content with where you are. But long for more than him. More of him. Let's just pray together. God, as the deer pants for the water, so our souls long after you. God, allow our souls to long after you. Allow us to just be wanting you to come and satisfy us, you to come and satisfy that quench within us, that desire within us. God, allow us to just want to live as reflection of who you are god allow us to not be worried so much about what we're what we do but allow us to worry about who we are because god we know that by the faith that we believe in by the um, commands that we follow from you that by how we live our life in relationship with you that will be the reflection then that will transform us into who we are meant to be, into how we're meant to serve, into how we love our friends and family and neighbors. And God, allow then how we do what we do, just show everybody who you are. God, thank you so much that we are a church that's meant to be for the community, a church that's in the community, serving the community. So God, as we do what we do, may we share your love. May we share the hope that you've placed in us May we share the message of God, the message of hope, the message of love, the message that transforms, the message that invites us in. God, will take us as broken as we are and allow us to humbly submit ourselves to you and in all our ways acknowledge you and then you will direct our paths. Allow you to be the focal point of our lives, of being in your presence, let us be Mary's and not Martha's, let us serve you and let us just humbly just be at your feet and listen to you in your heart and and then transform rather than working so hard to serve you that we miss the point altogether. God thank you that we work from a place of rest, we work from a place of peace, we work from a place where you transform us Allow us to work from that place and let us not strive after a fake righteousness, but let us be filled full of your righteousness and then love others from that place of righteousness that you give us. God, we, we humbly come to you and we say more, Lord. We don't wanna be satisfied with just doing life, doing religion, doing church, doing Christianity. We don't want to be satisfied with that, but we want to be in your presence, seeking after you. Come, Lord, and have your way in us. Come, Lord. If anything I've said has struck a chord, don't be afraid to get in touch and let's chat it through. Let's just really seek after God together. If you need some help or direction in your life, please get in touch with us. Get in touch with one of the leaders of the church or someone you you really trust that you know really loves Jesus. And allow them to help you and direct you and guide you. Allow us all to be encouraging to each other and challenge each other just to seek after God with all of our hearts, not just a little bit. I really hope that this week will be a defining moment in your life. That right now will be a defining moment in your life where you say, I'm gonna throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run with perseverance, the race that God's put in front of me. That's what we're meant to do and that's how we love our community. Because as we chase after God, we'll automatically show them the love that they deserve, the love of God. So God bless you all. And I really hope that you have an amazing time this week. I really hope that you just are transformed by the renewing of your mind. And please... Stay in touch with us. Please engage with us. Please chat through these sort of things with us and let us all encourage each other. As the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, may we sharp each other. Sharpen each other. God bless you all. Love you all. See you soon.